This is uh, the Joy of the Lord podcast. It's uh, the 3rd of July. It's uh, morning time here on the East Coast in Virginia. And I am Brother Bob. And um, today I've chosen to read from a book called Healing Prayers by Cliff Richard and Kathleen Richards. And we'll start with this prayer. It's for people with circulatory problems. A healing prayer for someone who is experiencing circulatory problems, including low or high blood pressure, hardening of the arteries, blocked arteries, clotting, and embolisms. And uh, from Job 34, verse 28, we read this. He hears the cry of the afflicted. That's our healing promise. Let us pray. Father God, I truly believe you are hearing my prayer for healing from the circulatory problem I have been experiencing. And I thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. I love you, Father, and I know you will help me to rise above this illness. I thank you for your promise to heal me and deliver me. I believe you will satisfy me with total health and long life. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for being near to me as I call upon you in truth. It thrills me to know that you are fulfilling my desire for healing, even as I pray that you will always hear my cry. Thank you, Father, as I call to you. I ask you to show me great and mighty things which I do not know. Teach me your ways so that I will always be certain to walk in your paths. From this point forward, Father, I will refuse to be anxious or worried about circulatory problems that that have affected me. But through prayer, with thanksgiving, I will make my requests known to you. Even as I do, I do so now. I am experiencing your wonderful peace which pass, surpasses all understanding. Let it be, Lord, that... It, you will continue to mount up guard over my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. I pray and thank you for your peace, Father, and for healing me of the circulatory problem that I've been experiencing. Thank you for your wonderful love, dear God. I believe your word which tells me that I has not seen nor ear heard the things you have in store for me because I love you. Thank you for the glorious promises of your word through which I am able to partake of your nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Your word tells me that life is in the blood, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my circulatory system to function in perfect health. 
to be clear, clean, and filled with your life, and to be free from all destruction, so that my body, which is your temple, may truly glorify you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for enabling me to escape the corruption of all circulatory uh, disorders. And I ask you to keep me completely, uh, well, completely at peace. My heart truly is truly merry, and your word doeth my heart good as a medicine. And this does me better than any medicine could ever do. Restore complete health and vitality to me, Father, and heal me of all the effects of the problems I have experienced through my digestive system. Father, help me to glorify you in my body. Guide me and show me if I need to adjust my diet or reduce any areas of stress in order to allow uh, the circulatory problems to function and function properly. And I believe that, uh, well, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the great physician of my body and soul, and I receive his healing in my body now as I pray. Thank you for blessing me with healing in in my circulatory uh, functions. And uh, thank you for blessing me with healing, dear, dear God. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. Amen. And that's just one of many prayers in this book uh, for health matters and trusting God for healing. And um, I'll share some more as the day progresses. Perhaps we'll close it here. And um, let's see. Wow, there's so many good subjects here. And we'll address them later. And uh, I'll speak to you throughout the day on the 3rd of July. And uh, we'll pray about matters that affect our health and how healing provision has been made through the atonement uh, at the cross. We have to simply trust and believe and trust the Lord Jesus. Perhaps I'll relate to you a recent healing of mine from well last summer it's very very surprising i learned to trust god in a new way but i'll tell you that on the next episode of the joy of the lord podcast until then keep on looking up our redemption draweth nigh brother bob we'll speak later bye This is the Joy of the Lord podcast. This is Brother Bob. It's July 3rd. Uh, This is my second go-round reading from uh, the scriptures in in a form of prayer. And uh, before I go there, 
I want to explain something that happened to me that was... I mean, this is experiential. But the scripture does say, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he calls us to a personal relationship. And certainly you shouldn't go on personal feelings because feelings can change in a moment. You know, it's like spicy food. You might have a bit of indigestion and you might be wondering, you know, you can't let your feelings rule you. But there is an intimacy in knowing God, a personal experience. And um, those personal testimonies we all have of how God brought us to faith, uh, well, they were personal. But of course you mustn't allow, you know, uh, fickle personal kinds of experiences to totally rule. Um, Our faith is not a leap of faith, but there is evidence that demands the verdict. But I would say that all the evidence you need is in Scripture. And so you mustn't be, uh, let's say, pressed into the mold of this world's thinking, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind to test and approve God's perfect and pleasing will. So what this is saying is you, you don't have a leap of faith. You don't check your brains in at the door. But Scripture comments upon Scripture. And uh, what does it say about the Word of God? The Word of God is the power of God onto salvation for those who believe. And for those who do not, it appears to be foolishness. So, you know, there is a personal, experiential knowing of God, but it, it's, it's not um, a leap of faith where you check your brains in at the door. It's, um, you, you know, what did Paul say? He said, um, I love the Bereans more than all because they checked out what I taught against the Word of God. So the Word of God has to be the plumb line for faith and life. And, uh, but we have to learn to read the Bible correctly and not read things out of context. But, um, uh, and we are not to be totally an emotional being. What is, uh, one of the, one of the real rich young rulers that approached Jesus said, what else must I do? From a child, I have obeyed the law perfectly. But what else must I do to obtain eternal life? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself so our brains are not to be checked in at the door we're not brainwashed we're not running with fickle emotions but we have to check out the word of God as uh, the foundation for our life and um, so I went to this uh, Presbyterian Church around the corner from our home. The pastor went on vacation and he asked the the um, assistant pastor, um, I won't name names, a wonderful person, is a female pastor. And he asked her to, to uh, teach from Matthew chapter 8. And um, well, just prior to her preaching that Sunday, her husband had been admitted to the ICU 
and who had bone marrow cancer uh, five years earlier, and of course had chemo and radiation. And it so depleted his white blood cell count that when he got pneumonia about a year ago, um, he really, um, well, it became double pneumonia. She was very concerned, and they had intubated him just prior to her preaching. So she told us this, and she says she usually likes to pray. And then, and then write her sermon and pray, read and write her sermon, etc., etc. But she wanted to make certain that she was teaching us precisely what God wanted us to uh, take away from that passage. So she's usually very careful, but because of her concern for her husband, she'd been in the hospital a lot and just she couldn't concentrate to really study. Uh, so uh, she preached that morning with, from a uh, kind of a cold reading, not cold reading entirely, but she let the passage talk to us and she prayed that, that God's Holy Spirit would illumine us as to what the passage was really saying. And um, I had been suffering for a year, um, almost a year and a half, not quite, but a little over a year. I had pulled my hamstring by falling down at work. And um, when I sat, or when I got up off a chair, or when I stepped off a curb, uh, that hamstring muscle would hurt so badly and I would uh, quietly yelp <laughs> um, and uh, went to physical therapy really seemed to be negligible it would feel good for a little while maybe a couple hours after I had it and the next day the problem would be right back where it had been so she reads from this passage and I'm just going to paraphrase it I don't have a bible in front of me right now but um, a leper fell at the feet of Jesus and he said Lord I know you can heal me if you will now in Mark this passage I forget which chapter same passage pretty much word for word except there is one addition uh, one additional piece of information that's not in Matthew um and what it is, it just adds this. Jesus had compassion for the man in his heart. Now to go on from Matthew 8, after the leper fell, he said, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. And then if we add this little addendum, and Jesus had compassion for the man in his heart. And he reached forward to touch him and as he did he said I will and the man was immediately restored to wholeness no sign of leprosy and I don't know I'd, I'd read the, the Mark uh, translation uh, many times and I love the fact that it said Jesus had compassion in his heart for the man and I started to think about this and I thought wow I know you can heal me if you will. Think of that. You know, there's a passage where Jesus talks about if you have 
faith is a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. And you say to the mountain, or the problem in your life that seems as big as a mountain, be thou plucked up and cast into the sea, and do not doubt what you say in your heart, but instead believe the things you say. Ye shall have what you say. So it talks about faith as a mustard seed. It's not how much faith you have or you can drum up. It's not about um, comparative to the problem. Do you have the faith? No. It's where do you place your faith? And I placed my faith in the one who died for me, the one who healed, healed multitudes when he walked the earth, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the... Uh, God who died for me in particular when he was on the cross I was on his mind in particular and I just took to heart the fact that he loved me and that God that Lord Jesus who died for me certainly had compassion for me at Calvary and he never changes, same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believed him. And when she asked us to stand, I stood without Tracy's help and with no pain. And when we were asked to sit after singing, uh, no pain. In fact, while we were singing, my right leg, the knee, and the back of the knee, primarily, where the pain was manifest. My knee, involuntarily, kept jerking back and forth, back and forth. And there was no pain. Uh, my knee was moving in manners which, in the last year, if I moved my knee in that manner or that position, I would have excruciating pain. And I had no pain while singing this song, which was basically reiterating that verse. Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. And Jesus had compassion upon the man. And he said, I will. And the man was immediately made clean. Well, the song was reiterating that idea. And so... It wasn't my big faith. It was the object of my faith and his faithfulness. And uh, it wasn't she laid hands on me in some, you know, <laughs> like in some uh, tent show revival. I simply took the little faith I had and believed him for a healing. And as we were dismissed, I got up off the chair and again, no pain. And Tracy was walking several feet in front of me with a friend we had invited to church, talking to her. And they were probably eight feet from me as I exited the door. And she looked around as I started to step off the curb. And she knew that when I stepped off of curb, she had to support me. I would have pain and might fall down. She turned around and ran towards me. And I had already stepped off the curb as gracefully as a rockette no pain and she took my arm and she said wow, what's happened How, what do you attribute to this and I said he had compassion on me and I am healed and I haven't had any pain since 
And I don't know, I don't know how to explain this, except he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. He is closer than a brother. And he had compassion on me. And uh, it's been almost a year since I was healed. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things you'll never forget. Now, does that mean he heals everyone? Simply by asking on demand, no. Um, For instance, the preacher that morning, uh, whose husband had been admitted to the ICU, he died four days later from double pneumonia. And, you know, God hasn't appointed the time to take us all home. Even some of those people that Jesus healed in the in the New Testament would later die, for it's appointed for man for men once to die, and then the judgment. But um, but if you've trusted Him, absent bo- from the body, present with the Lord, and uh, immediately upon seeing Him, He'll wipe away every tear. There'll be no more pain, sorrow, or suffering. And his glory lights the heavens, the pureness of his radiance, the beauty of his holiness. And, well, I never saw her again because she, after her husband's death, the pastor resigned to go on hiatus, perhaps, and to, to have time alone. But in some way, after I wouldn't want to tell her that, gosh, you know, when you shared that passage, I had a personal healing take place. Because I thought, well, it might break her heart because her husband had not survived. But I believe that God heals. But ultimately, he's going to take us home. And we'll have glorified bodies. And there will be no more pain, sorrow, or suffering. So, I just leave that with you. I was going to read a passage, but I'll just, on our next occasion, I'll read a passage. Good morning. This is July 4th, and this is the Joy of the Lord podcast. Hallelujah. Well, I want to start today by thinking of POTUS, the President of the United States. Now, some may love him, certainly, and uh, some certainly don't. (laughs) But uh, at such a time as this, God has placed this man in the titular leadership position of our country and of the free world. And whether we may disagree with his um, policies or his personality, The Bible does say, pray for your rulers. And uh, certainly with all that's going on, not only with the corona, something that he had nothing to do with. I mean, he didn't create that. Um, It came from another part of the world, as he's often uh, reminding us. And, um, you know, when you think of uh, the recent Black Lives Matter terrorist actions uh, that are supposedly being uh, 
touted this quiet protest, I don't, I don't think destroying federal property and using uh, Molotov cocktails and, and all the violence that's ensued, this is not what Dr. King would inspire Americans to do. This is certainly... And so he's got a lot to handle here that is really not a result of uh, his own actions and people responding in a negative way. So we want to pray for him. And uh, I would suggest those of you who are Christians take heed of the biblical uh, precedent that was sent to pray for all rulers. And um, you may not like his policies, maybe his personality it rubs you wrong. Some people doubt his claim to be a Christian. Um, but I'm not into judging him. <laughs> I'm into praying for him because it affects all of us. So our key thought today, no leader can go forward any faster than people will follow. Our key scripture is from 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 2, and it reads as follows. I exhort, therefore, that first all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead quiet, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And that's from 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 2. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your servant, Donald J. Trump, the President of the United States of America. It is comforting and reassuring to know that his heart is in your hands, as Scripture declares. And like the rivers of water, you turn it where whatever direction you choose. <clears throat> Lord, I beseech you to turn our president's heart in the direction of all your ways, because your, perf your way is perfect, your word is tried, and you are a buckler to all those who trust in you. Father, I pray that the president, uh, for the president, that if he does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that he would be converted, receive Jesus as his Lord, and be born again by your Spirit. I pray if pres the President is saved, that you would draw him ever closer to you, and work in him by your Spirit, to will and to do your good pleasure. I ask that as he has therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, that he would walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as he has been taught, and bound therein with thanksgiving. Grant him a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of his understanding may be enlightened, that he may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of your glory for your inheritance in the saints 
And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to him who believes? I ask that you strengthen President Donald Trump with might by your spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in his heart through faith, and that he, being rooted and grounded in love, may comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge, and be filled with all your fullness, O God. Father, let the seeds of your word that have been sown in uh, Donald Trump's heart find good ground and spring up in a fruitful harvest of righteousness, godliness, and salvation. Grant unto him the wisdom that is from above, true wisdom that is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of good works and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Establish in President Donald Trump your wisdom and your righteousness. Let your word be a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. Who, He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Father, bless our president with wisdom and justice that come from the from reverently fearing you. Remind him that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that though that uh, whosoever hearkens unto you shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. <clears throat> Provide the president with the power and skills he needs to be a peacemaker in his relationships with other leaders, the Congress of the United States and all other people. Lord Jesus, you showed us the, uh, the way in peace as in all other areas by declaring, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. May Donald Trump be so filled with the peace that surpasses all knowledge and the ways of peace that others will see him as your child and desire to follow his example. Father, protect our president from all evil as he deals with the issues of an evil and adulterous generation. By his submission to you, may others realize the importance of submission to the governing authorities, for we realize that there is no authority but yours, and the authorities that are ordained by you. Give our president the courage, wisdom, knowledge, dis uh, discretion, and understanding to disentangle himself from any unholy alliances formed in the political process. Let us all <clears throat> form alliances, uh, Father, that are born out of love and peace. And let all such alliances that may occur politically be cut off and their effects be destroyed if they are not in line with your wishes. 
Let all righteousness and alliances flourish and prosper for the blessing of the President and of America. Bless the President and his family with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Thank you for choosing him before the foundation of the world. Bless his Vice President, Pence, and his family with your spiritual graces and gifts. Teach your people, Lord, to pray for our leaders so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty and help us to be thankful for them. Give us full realization of the importance of prayer for our leaders and for our nation because this is a key to revival and a change in our land. Remind us of your word which says that if your people, which are called by your name, will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and forgive all our sins and heal our land. Fill the White House with the light of your presence. Lord, you give salvation unto kings and you deliver your people from the sword. Lead our president, his family, and the citizens of our country to become the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. For our president and his family, I ask you cover them with your feathers under your wings. May they learn to trust. May your truth be their shield and buckler. Let no evil fall before them and give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. Draw the president to you, Father God, and fill his heart with your spirit and your love that he might set his love on you. Deliver him and set him on high because he knows your name. And as he calls upon you, give him the answers he needs in all his decision-making. Let him know that you will be with him in the time of trouble. Satisfy him with long life and show him your salvation. And we just give thanks and praise to you, Father, this morning that we could lift up the President of the United States I once thought when Jimmy Carter was the President of the United States that despite his best efforts, you know, uh, circumstances beyond his control uh, overwhelmed him. But he did have you through that crisis, Lord. He was a very openly uh, confessing Christian. And um, many times you allow these things uh, that seem overwhelming, you permit them, and um, you are sovereign. Certainly they don't ha happen without you knowing it. Certainly the coronavirus didn't happen uh, without you knowing it. And uh, it's through times like this that men who are, have trusted you grow closer to you and um, stronger 
and better for having gone through it. And it's an example for all of us as Americans. In fact, in the case of the coronavirus, that's a pandemic that's worldwide. And so all the rulers and kings and governors and authorities that are in position are in position because you and your sovereignty permitted it. And there's something to be learned by all of us in submission. How to submit, how to follow you even when things aren't going right or going the way we would prefer. And it is a chance for us to grow in, in faith and obedience and trust in you and hold on to you. And this seems to be, this pandemic has brought a worldwide focus once more on what's it all about, Alfie? Uh, what is this all coming to? And it's coming eventually to the fact that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, will return. And I often say in our podcast, the joy of the Lord podcast, that I, well, I, I tell everyone to keep on looking up for his glorious appearing. None of us know the time or the day or the hour of the Lord's return, but he will return. And, um, and sov- sovereignly, Father, you and the Lord Christ and the Holy Spirit uh, are not strangers to what's going on. Uh, you are all-knowing and all-powerful. And there isn't anything that happens that you're not aware of it. Even those things that are bad can be used for the good in our lives. Uh, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So those things which are bad and good are worked together for the good of us who love you. So we just come to you now. This is really a time for revival. People have so many... uh, well, I would say gods that with a, a smaller case, uh, lowercase g, because, well, there are all kinds of distractions around us in this world. There's wealth, there's power, there's comfort for some, and maybe there's great bitterness for others because they're without hope and without uh, the covenants of promise. They're pilgrims and strangers. And they're without God in the world. And so they're bitter. They think others have something and they don't. And there is, I believe, uh, envy between um, groups of people in our country. Um, The haves and the have-nots. But the greatest thing to know, Paul said things like, um, you know, he would rather, he has more, uh, let's say, uh, godliness with Contentment is great gain. So, and be happy for what you have uh, and thankful. So it's not so much material gain. In this world, in America in particular, there is so much material, materialism, and it's become a god to many, a false idol. And their comfort and their pleasures have dulled their hearts to you, Lord God. And so this toppling of everything that we know, our very way of life, um, which is all dependent on what we have, 
is uh, really uh, uh, shaking, a shaking by you to realize that uh, this world is, uh, well, it's temporal. One day, be absent from the body, if you know Jesus, is to be present with the Lord, whether you have much materially or you don't. And um, this is the true riches. The true riches is to know you, the living God, and uh, to know your purposes for our life. Uh, to know you and to enjoy you and to glorify you forever. And when this life ends, there is a vast, vast eternity. And where will we spend it? Because even if you have great wealth, that you can't take that with you. And may, maybe you have all the comfort and the worries and just you're a pleasure seeker in this world. But when this comes to an end and you don't know the one true and living God, you are bereft. You are like, the well, the prophet Isaiah said it in uh, the book of Isaiah. He said, he said, um, Woe unto me, for I am a man of unclean lips who dwells, dwells amongst a people of unclean lips. So that's where we are. All of us without you. We may have great material gain. We may have earned the fame uh, worldwide and be known by all and have great riches. But when it comes to our last breath, where will we spend eternity? And this is something we must all consider. And Jesus said it like this. He says, uh, <clears throat> He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus said ultimately, He is the only way to God, and he is the name to which all men must bow their knee, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, the King of Kings. So when he returns, he will set up his kingdom, and will we be with him? Will we be with a loving Father who when we take our last breath and we see God for who He is? Scripture says He'll wipe away every tear. His glory lights the heavens. There'll be no more pain, sorrow, or suffering. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in eternal damnation. I don't want to be in a place without God eternity for you are good Lord and your mercies are new every day why would we pick another course Father may perhaps this prayer go in some effect to the greatest distance uh, and the greatest impact on all peoples wherever they are I don't know how you know I, I don't know how my little podcast could reach vast numbers of people, but get this to the ears that need to hear this. Where will they spend 
eternity. And the Lord Jesus said when he asked his disciples, he said, Who do men say that I am? And his disciples answered, Well, some say you know, John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah. But he says, But who do you? Who do you say that I am? And it's perhaps the most important question anyone will ever ask themselves. Who is Jesus to you? Just a thought. It's very simple. We call upon the name of the Lord. If we acknowledge that, woe unto me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell, dwell among a people of unclean lips, I am undone. If we come to that realization, we lean upon Jesus. We will have eternity with a loving Father who will wipe away every tear. Father, help those who need to hear this, hear this. And so now uh, we uh, will end our Joy of the Lord podcast today. Uh, with a very serious thought as to where will we spend eternity. We go from playing, praying for the, <laughs> the president, and now we finish with uh, considering our own uh, need, a very great need. Because ultimately, presidents come and presidents go, and this president is here for such a time as this. Uh, whether we acknowledge it or realize it, the president has been allowed at, at such a time as this to be the leader of the free world, whether we like him or not. But ultimately, there's one king whose kingdom will never end. And where do we stand with Jesus? If you have not trusted Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you feel the move of the Spirit showing you your unworthiness, you, you realize that you could never go to God's heaven, which demands holiness. You could never be in that realm unless you lay aside your sins and trust in Christ and Jesus Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for your sins that you might come into the fullness of relationship forgiveness, sonship with the Heavenly Father and so I just put this to all who are listening if you haven't trusted Jesus trust Him now for you who know Him we all wait for His glorious appearing cast your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We'll see you on the next Joy of the Lord podcast. Brother Bob, good night. Good morning. This is July 4th. And this is the Joy of the Lord podcast. Hallelujah. Well, I want to start today by thinking of POTUS, the President of the United States. Now, some may love him, 
certainly, and uh, some certainly don't. (laughs) But uh, at such a time as this, God has placed this man in the titular leadership position of our country and of the free world. And whether we may disagree with his um, policies or his personality, the Bible does say pray for your rulers. And uh, certainly with all that's going on, not only with the corona, something that he had nothing to do with. I mean, he didn't create that. Um, It came from another part of the world, as he's often uh, reminding us. And, um, you know, when you think of uh, the recent Black Lives Matter uh, terrorist actions uh, that are supposedly being touted as quiet protest, I don't, I don't think destroying fe- federal property and using uh, Molotov cocktails and, and all the violence that's ensued, this is not what Dr. King would inspire Americans to do. This is certainly... And so he's got a lot to handle here that is really not a result of uh, his own actions and people responding in a negative way. So we want to pray for him. And uh, I would suggest those of you who are Christians take heed of the biblical uh, precedent that was sent to pray for all rulers. And um, you may not like his policies. Maybe his personality rubs you wrong. Some people doubt his claim to be a Christian. Um, But I'm not into judging him. I'm into praying for him because it affects all of us. So our key thought today, no leader can go forward any faster than people will follow. Our key scripture is from 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 2, and it reads as follows. I exhort, therefore, that first all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead quiet, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And that's from First Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 2. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you. Father, for your servant Donald J. Trump, the President of the United States of America. It is comforting and reassuring to know that his heart is in your hands, as Scripture declares, and like the rivers of water, you turn it where, whatever direction you choose. <clears throat> Lord, I beseech you to turn our President's heart in the direction of all your ways, because your perf- your way is perfect, your word is tried, and you are a buckler to all those who trust in you. Father, I pray that the president, uh, for the president, that if he does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that he would be converted, receive Jesus as his Lord, and be born again by your spirit. I pray if the president is saved, 
that you would draw him ever closer to you and work in him by your spirit to will and to do your good pleasure. I ask that as he has therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, that he would walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as he has been taught and bound therein with thanksgiving. Grant him a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of his understanding may be enlightened, that he may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of your glory for your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to him who believes. I ask that you strengthen President Donald Trump with might by your spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in his heart through faith, and that he, being rooted and grounded in love, may comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge, and be filled with all your fullness, O God. Father, let the seeds of your word that have been sown in uh, Donald Trump's heart find good ground and spring up in a fruitful harvest of righteousness, godliness, and salvation. Grant unto him the wisdom that is from above, true wisdom that is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of good works and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Establish in President Donald Trump your wisdom and your righteousness. Let your word be a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. Who, He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Father, bless our president with wisdom and justice that come from the from reverently fearing you. Remind him that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that though that uh, whosoever hearkens unto you shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. <clears throat> Provide the president with the power and skills he needs to be a peacemaker in his relationships with other leaders, the Congress of the United States and all other people. Lord Jesus, you showed us the, uh, the way in peace as in all other areas by declaring, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. May Donald Trump be so filled with the peace that surpasses all knowledge and the ways of peace that others will see him as your child and desire to follow his example. Father, protect our president from all evil as he deals with the issues of an evil and adulterous generation. By his submission to you, may others realize 
the importance of submission to the governing authorities, for we realize that there is no authority but yours, and the authorities that are ordained by you. Give our president the courage, wisdom, knowledge, uh, discretion, and understanding to disentangle himself from any unholy alliances formed in the political process. Let us all form alliances, uh, Father, that are born out of love and peace. And let all such alliances that may occur politically be cut off and their effects be destroyed if they are not in line with your wishes. Let all righteousness and alliances flourish and prosper for the blessing of the President and of America. Bless the President and his family with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Thank you for choosing him before the foundation of the world. Bless his Vice President Pence and his family with your spiritual graces and gifts. Teach your people, Lord, to pray for our leaders so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty and help us to be thankful for them. Give us full realization of the importance of prayer for our leaders and for our nation because this is a key to revival and a change in our land. Remind us of your word which says that if your people, which are called by your name, will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and forgive all our sins and heal our land. Fill the White House with the light of your presence. Lord, you give salvation unto kings and you deliver your people from the sword. Lead our president, his family, and the citizens of our country to become the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. For our president and his family, I ask you cover them with your feathers under your wings. May they learn to trust. May your truth be their shield and buckler. Let no evil fall before them and give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. Draw the president to you, Father God, and fill his heart with your spirit and your love that he might set his love on you. Deliver him and set him on high because he knows your name. And as he calls upon you, give him the answers he needs in all his decision-making. Let him know that you will be with him in the time of trouble. Satisfy him with long life and show him your salvation. And we just give thanks and praise to you, Father, this morning that we could lift up 
the President of the United States. I once thought when Jimmy Carter was the President of the United States that despite his best efforts, you know, uh, circumstances beyond his control uh, overwhelmed him. But he did have you through that crisis, Lord. He was a very openly uh, confessing Christian. And um, many times you allow these things uh, that seem overwhelming. You permit them. And um, you are sovereign. Certainly they don't happen without you knowing it. Certainly the coronavirus didn't happen uh, without you knowing it. And uh, it's through times like this that men who are, have trusted you grow closer to you and um, stronger and better for having gone through it. And it's an example for all of us as Americans. In fact, in the case of the coronavirus, that's a pandemic. That's worldwide. And so all the rulers and kings and governors and authorities that are in position are in position because you and your sovereignty permitted it. And there's something to be learned by all of us in submission. How to submit, how to follow you even when things aren't going right or going the way we would prefer. And it is a chance for us to grow in, in faith and obedience and trust in you and hold on to you. And this seems to be, this pandemic has brought a worldwide focus once more on what's it all about, Alfie? Uh, what is this all coming to? And it's coming eventually to the fact that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, will return. And I often say in our podcast, the joy of the Lord podcast, that I... Well, I, I tell everyone to keep on looking up for his glorious appearing. None of us know the time or the day or the hour of the Lord's return, but he will return. And, um, and sov- sovereignly, Father, you and the Lord Christ and the Holy Spirit uh, are not strangers to what's going on. Uh, you are all-knowing, and all-powerful. And there isn't anything that happens that you're not aware of it. Even those things that are bad can be used for the good in our lives. Uh, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So those things which are bad and good are worked together for the good of us who love you. So we just come to you now. This is really a time for revival. People have so many, uh, well, I would say gods that with a a smaller case, uh, lowercase g, because, well, there are all kinds of distractions around us in this world. There's wealth, there's power, there's comfort for some, and maybe there's great bitterness for others because they're without hope and without the covenants of promise, they're pilgrims and strangers, and they're without God in the world, and so they're bitter. They think others have something and they don't, and there is, I believe, uh, envy between uh, groups of people in our country, 
um, the haves and the have-nots. But the greatest thing to know, Paul said things like, um, you know, he would rather, he has more, uh, let's say, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. So, and be happy for what you have uh, and thankful. So it's not so much material gain in this world, in America in particular. There is so much material, materialism, and it's become a god to many, a false idol. And their comfort and their pleasures have dulled their hearts to you, Lord God. And so this toppling of everything that we know, our very way of life, um, which is all dependent on what we have, is uh, really a shaking, a shaking by you to realize that uh, this world is, uh, well, it's temporal. One day, be absent from the body, if you know Jesus, is to be present with the Lord whether you have much materially or you don't. And um, this is the true riches. The true riches is to know you, the living God, and to, to know your purposes for our life. Uh, to know you and to enjoy you and to glorify you forever. And when this life ends, there is a vast, vast eternity and where will we spend it? Because even if you have great wealth, that you can't take that with you. And may, maybe you have all the comfort and the worries, and just you're a pleasure seeker in this world. But when this comes to an end, and you don't know the one true and living God, you're bereft. You are like the, well, the prophet Isaiah said it in... Uh, the book of Isaiah, he said, he said, um, woe unto me, for I am a man of unclean lips who dwells, dwells amongst a people of unclean lips. So that's where we are. All of us without you, we may have great material gain. We may have earned the fame uh, worldwide and be known by all and have great riches but when it comes to our last breath where will we spend eternity and this is something we must all consider and Jesus said it like this he says uh, <clears throat> he said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me. So Jesus said ultimately, he is the only way to God, and he is the name to which all men must bow their knee, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, the King of Kings. So when he returns, he will set up his kingdom, and will we be with him? Will we be with a loving father who when we take our last breath and we see God for who he is? Scripture says he'll wipe away every tear. His glory lights the heavens. There'll be no more pain, sorrow, or suffering. 
That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in eternal damnation. I don't want to be in a place without God for eternity. For you are good, Lord, and your mercies are new every day. Why would we pick another course? Father, may perhaps this prayer go in some effect to the greatest distance uh, and the greatest impact on all peoples, wherever they are. I don't know how, you know, I, I don't know how my little podcast could reach vast numbers of people, but get this to the ears that need to hear this. Where will they spend eternity? And the Lord Jesus said when he asked his disciples, he said, Who do men say that I am? And his disciples answered, Well, some say you know, John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah. But he says, But who do you? Who do you say that I am? And it's perhaps the most important question anyone will ever ask themselves. Who is Jesus to you? Just a thought. It's very simple. We call upon the name of the Lord. If we acknowledge that, woe unto me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell, dwell among a people of unclean lips, I am undone. If we come to that realization, we lean upon Jesus. We will have eternity with a loving Father who will wipe away every tear. Father, help those who need to hear this, hear this. And so now uh, we uh, will end our Joy of the Lord podcast today uh, with a very serious thought as to where will we spend eternity? We go from playing, praying for the, <laughs> the president, and now we finish with uh, considering our own uh, need, a very great need. Because ultimately, presidents come and presidents go, and this president is here for such a time as this. Uh, whether we acknowledge it or realize it, the president has been allowed at, at such a time as this to be the leader of the free world, whether we like him or not. But ultimately, there's one king whose kingdom will never end. And where do we stand with Jesus? If you have not trusted Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you feel the move of the Spirit showing you your unworthiness, you, you realize that you could never go to God's heaven, which demands holiness. You could never be in that realm unless you lay aside your sins and trust in Christ and Jesus Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for your sins, that you might come into fullness of relationship, forgiveness, sonship with the Heavenly Father. 
And so I just put this to all who are listening. If you haven't trusted Jesus, trust him now. For you who know him, we all wait for his glorious appearing. Cast your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We'll see you on the next Joy of the Lord podcast. Brother Bob, good night. Good morning. This is July 4th, and this is the Joy of the Lord podcast. Hallelujah. Well, I want to start today by thinking of POTUS, the President of the United States. Now, some may love him, certainly, and uh, some certainly don't. But uh, at such a time as this, God has placed this man in the titular leadership position of our country and of the free world. And whether we may disagree with his um, policies or his personality, the Bible does say pray for your rulers. And uh, certainly with all that's going on, not only with the corona, something that he had nothing to do with. I mean, he didn't create that. Um, It came from another part of the world, as he's often uh, reminding us. And, um, you know, when you think of uh, the recent Black Lives Matter uh, terrorist actions uh, that are supposedly being uh, touted as quiet protests, I I don't think destroying federal property and using... uh, Molotov cocktails and and all the violence that's ensued. This is not what Dr. King would inspire Americans to do. This is certainly, and so he's got a lot to handle here. That is really not a result of uh, his own actions and people responding in a negative way. So we want to pray for him, and uh, I would suggest those of you who are Christians take heed of the biblical uh, precedent that was sent to pray for all rulers. And um, you may not like his policies, maybe his personality rubs you wrong. Some people doubt his claim to be a Christian. Um, But I'm not into judging him. (laughs) I'm into praying for him because it affects all of us. So our key thought today, no leader can go forward any faster than people will follow. Our key scripture is from 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 2, and it reads as follows. I exhort, therefore, that first all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority that we may lead quiet, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's from 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 2. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your servant, Donald J. Trump, the President of the United States of America. It is comforting and reassuring to know that his heart 
is in your hands, as scripture declares, and like the rivers of water, you turn it where, whatever direction you choose. <clears throat> Lord, I beseech you to turn our president's heart in the direction of all your ways, because your, perf your way is perfect, your word is tried, and you are a buckler to all those who trust in you. Father, I pray that the president, uh, for the president, that if he does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that he would be converted, receive Jesus as his Lord, and be born again by your Spirit. I pray if pres the president is saved, that you would draw him ever closer to you, and work in him by your spirit to will and to do your good pleasure. I ask that as he has therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, that he would walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as he has been taught, and bound therein with thanksgiving. Grant him a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of his understanding may be enlightened, that he may know the hope of your calling, and what is the riches of your glory for your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to him who believes. I ask that you strengthen President Donald Trump with might by your spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in his heart through faith, and that he, being rooted and grounded in love, may comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge and be filled with all your fullness, O God. Father, let the seeds of your word that have been sown in uh, Donald Trump's heart find good ground and spring up in a fruitful harvest of righteousness, godliness, and salvation. Grant unto him the wisdom that is from above, true wisdom that is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of good works and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Establish in President Donald Trump your wisdom and your righteousness. Let your word be a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path, who he who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Father, bless our president with wisdom and justice that come from, the, from reverently fearing you. Remind him that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that, though, that uh, whosoever hearkens unto you shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. <clears throat> Provide the president with the power and skills 
he needs to be a peacemaker in his relationships with other leaders, the Congress of the United States and all other people. Lord Jesus, you showed us the, uh, the way in peace as in all other areas by declaring blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. May Donald Trump be so filled with the peace that surpasses all knowledge and the ways of peace that others will see him as your child and desire to follow his example. Father, protect our president from all evil as he deals with the issues of an evil and adulterous generation. By his submission to you, may others realize the importance of submission to the governing authorities. For we realize that there is no authority but yours, and the authorities that are ordained by you. Give our president the courage, wisdom, knowledge, dis uh, discretion, and understanding to disentangle himself from any unholy alliances formed in the political process. Let us all <clears throat> form alliances, uh, Father, that are born out of love and peace. And let all such alliances that may occur politically be cut off and their effects be destroyed if they are not in line with your wishes. Let all righteousness and alliances flourish and prosper for the blessing of the President and of America. Bless the President and his family with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Thank you for choosing him before the foundation of the world. Bless his Vice President, Pence and his family with your spiritual graces and gifts. Teach your people, Lord, to pray for our leaders so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty and help us to be thankful for them. Give us full realization of the importance of prayer for our leaders and for our nation because this is a key to revival and a change in our land. Remind us of your word which says that if your people, which are called by your name, will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and forgive all our sins and heal our land. Fill the White House with the light of your presence. Lord, you give salvation unto kings and you deliver your people from the sword. Lead our president, his family, and the citizens of our country to become the light of the world, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. For our president and his family, I ask you, cover them with your feathers under your wings. May they learn to trust. May your truth be their shield and buckler. 
Let no evil fall before them, and give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. Draw the president to you, Father God, and fill his heart with your spirit and your love, that he might set his love on you. Deliver him and set him on high, because he knows your name. And as he calls upon you, give him the answers he needs in all his decision-making. Let him know that you will be with him in the time of trouble. Satisfy him with long life and show him your salvation. And we just give thanks and praise to you, Father, this morning that we could lift up the President of the United States. I once thought when Jimmy Carter was the President of the United States that despite his best efforts, you know, uh, circumstances beyond his control uh, overwhelmed him. But he did have you through that crisis, Lord. He was a very openly uh, confessing Christian. And um, many times you allow these things uh, that seem overwhelming, you permit them, and um, you are sovereign. Certainly they don't ha happen without you knowing it. Certainly the coronavirus didn't happen uh, without you knowing it. And uh, it's through times like this that men who are, have trusted you grow closer to you and um, stronger and better for having gone through it. And it's an example for all of us as Americans. In fact, in the case of the coronavirus, that's a pandemic. That's worldwide. And so all the rulers and kings and governors and authorities that are in position are in position because you and your sovereignty permitted it. And there's something to be learned by all of us in submission. How to submit, how to follow you even when things aren't going right or going the way we would prefer. And it is a chance for us to grow in, in faith and obedience and trust in you and hold on to you. And this seems to be, this pandemic has brought a worldwide focus once more on what's it all about, Alfie? Uh, what is this all coming to? And it's coming eventually to the fact that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, will return. And I often say in our podcast, the joy of the Lord podcast, that I... Well, I, I tell everyone to keep on looking up for his glorious appearing. None of us know the time or the day or the hour of the Lord's return, but he will return. And, um, and sov sovereignly, Father, you and the Lord Christ and the Holy Spirit uh, are not strangers to what's going on. Uh, you are all-knowing, and all-powerful. And there isn't anything that happens that you're not aware of it. Even those things that are bad can be used for the good in our lives. Uh, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So those things which are bad and good are worked together for the good of us who love you. 
so we just come to you now this is really a time for revival people have so many uh, well I would say gods that with a, a smaller case uh, lowercase g because well there are all kinds of distractions around us in this world there's wealth there's power there's comfort for some and maybe there's great bitterness for others because they are without hope and without uh, the covenants of promise. They're pilgrims and strangers. And they're without God in the world. And so they're bitter. They think others have something and they don't. And uh, there is, I believe, uh, envy between uh, groups of people in our country. Um, the haves and the have-nots. But the greatest thing to know, Paul said things like, um, you know, he would rather, he has more, uh, let's say, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. So, and be happy for what you have uh, and thankful. So it's not so much material gain. In this world, in America in particular, there is so much material materialism and it's become a god to many a false idol and their comfort and their pleasures have dulled their hearts to you Lord God and so this toppling of everything that we know our very way of life um, which is all dependent on what we have is uh, really uh, shaking a shaking by you to realize that uh, this world is, uh, well, it's temporal. One day, be absent from the body, if you know Jesus, is to be present with the Lord, whether you have much materially or you don't. And um, this is the true riches. The true riches is to know you, the living God, and uh, to know your purposes for our life. Uh, to know you and to enjoy you and to glorify you forever. And when this life ends, there is a vast, vast eternity. And where will we spend it? Because even if you have great wealth, that you can't take that with you. And may, maybe you have all the comfort and the worries and just you're a pleasure seeker in this world but when this comes to an end and you don't know the one true and living God you're bereft you are like the well the prophet Isaiah said it in uh, the book of Isaiah he said he said um, woe unto me for I am a man of unclean lips who dwells dwells amongst a people of unclean lips. So that's where we are. All of us without you. We may have great material gain. We may have earned the fame uh, worldwide and be known by all and have great riches. But when it comes to our last breath, where will we spend eternity? And this is something we must all consider. And Jesus said it like this. He says, uh, <clears throat> he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus said ultimately, he is the only way to God. And he is the name to which all men must bow their knee. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, the King of Kings. So when he returns, he will set up his kingdom. And will we be with him? Will we be with a loving Father who when we take our last breath and we see God for who he is? Scripture says he'll wipe away every tear. His glory lights the heavens. There'll be no more pain, sorrow, or suffering. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in eternal damnation. I don't want to be in a place without God for eternity. For you are good, Lord, and your mercies are new every day. Why would we pick another course? Father, may perhaps this prayer go in some effect to the greatest distance uh, and the greatest impact on all peoples, wherever they are. I don't know how, you know, I, I don't know how my little podcast could reach vast numbers of people. But get this to the ears that need to hear this. Where will they spend eternity? And the Lord Jesus said when he asked his disciples, he said, Who do men say that I am? And his disciples answered, Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah. But he says, But who do you? Who do you say that I am? And it's perhaps the most important question anyone will ever ask themselves. Who is Jesus to you? Just a thought. It's very simple. We call upon the name of the Lord. If we acknowledge that, Woe unto me, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell, dwell among a people of unclean lips. I am undone. If we come to that realization, we lean upon Jesus. We will have eternity with a loving Father who will wipe away every tear. Father, help those who need to hear this, hear this. And so now uh, we uh, will end our Joy of the Lord podcast today uh, with a very serious thought as to where will we spend eternity? We go from playing, praying for the, <laughs> the president, and now we finish with uh, considering our own uh, need, a very great need. Because ultimately, presidents come and presidents go, and this president is here for such a time as this. Uh, whether we acknowledge it or realize it, the president has been allowed at, at such a time as this to be the leader of the free world, whether we like him or not. But ultimately, there's one king whose kingdom will never end. 
And where do we stand with Jesus? If you have not trusted Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you feel the move of the Spirit showing you your unworthiness, you, you realize that you could never go to God's heaven, which demands holiness. You could never be in that realm unless you lay aside your sins and trust in Christ and Jesus Christ's sacrificial death on the cross for your sins that you might come into fullness of relationship, forgiveness, sonship with the Heavenly Father. And so I just put this to all who are listening. If you haven't trusted Jesus, trust Him now. For you who know Him, we all wait for His glorious appearing. Cast your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We'll see you on the next Joy of the Lord podcast. Brother Bob, good night.